two extremely heavy suitcases, half a semester worth of tuition in the form of traveler's checks, I find myself exactly 14,705 miles away from home, thriving in the great American dream. Well, most stories that you hear about this kind of a journey starts off very bleak, poverty, struggle. Mine is not such a story. Mine is a story of a young man who left and came here, dropped a career that I was extremely successful at to come and search for what I've considered to be the next step. A very moving conversation is one that I had with the registrar when I first got here. Got to the school, had my two very heavy suitcases, went into Bob's office and introduced myself. He looked at me and he looked at my file and with his head tilted with curiosity, he looked at me and said, what are you doing here? Well, it is this question that I'm going to attempt to answer in this podcast. What am I doing here? So in the last episode, I gave you a peek into my life before uh, embarking on this journey. The reason I did that is I really wanted to make sure that I emphasize the fact that this journey, this new journey, this endeavor was not uh, something that I did to run away from poverty, in, 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 to run away from struggle. Uh, to the contrary, if you, re if you remember, or at least if you recall some of the uh, things that I talked about in my last, uh, my last podcast is the success that I was having, is all the accolades that I was getting from society, from business and other places. It was really remarkable. And it's something that I will treasure for the rest of my life. I mean, things like I was a uh, one of the umpires for the Commonwealth um, uh, heads of state. Uh, so I got to meet John Major. I got to meet some other prime ministers and presidents of uh, several countries. So all those things are things that I look back and, and, and treasure. But it's, it's really uh, important, I thought, um, for, for me to look back and share that with you so that you can understand when I talk about sacrifice, what that means. What, what, does it, what, what does it mean to say sacrifice? What, what did you really give up that was so great? So I'm hoping that now you get a better picture of what exactly it is that I gave up. So if you really want to think about struggle, if you really want to uh, look at sacrifice and all that, those things, the struggle started here, right? Uh, the, the sacrifice was giving that life up and coming up here and, and, and starting all over again. But you know what? There's not a day that I'll change, not one day, because everything that I went through has made me the better person that I am today. So that struggle was necessary, as I've said before. So going back to, to, to my story, what I wanted to talk to you guys about today is something that was, uh, that I read, I think, or that I heard, um, Somebody was talking about listening and they put it in an exquisite way that I've never been able to find anything close to that. They say, you have to listen 
to understand and not to respond. That is powerful. That is extremely powerful if you think about it, because most of us don't do that. Back to the story. Now, as I was saying before, I'm the finance director. Things are going well. And um, my general manager decides to, to quit. He got another offer, whatever the case might be. So he gives up his 25% of the store. He takes off. Okay. Big shoes to fill because this guy was extremely good. Big, big shoes to fill. So they bring in another guy and he doesn't last too long. They bring in another guy and he's struggling. At this point, I'm saying to myself, you know what? This, uh, this orange is, is dry. It, it no longer has any juice. It's time for me to, to move on. I've gotten as much juice as I can out of this thing. It's time for me to move on and to find other challenges and to grow, so to speak, because I'm not growing here. You know what I mean? These guys are struggling doing their job, so it's not like they're going to teach me a whole lot. So I move on, move across town, go somewhere else. I joined this group that has uh, running four, they were running four um, franchises. Um, and obviously they had a, a used car franchise, which means they really had uh, five storefronts in the same location. So I go there and I start working for one of the, one of the franchises. So they had a domestic franchise and uh, three imports. Now, let me give you a little bit of an understanding of, of why we differentiate those two. Obviously, when we say domestic, we're talking about, you know, domestic uh, 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 vehicles here and imports, obviously imports. But it's such that the difference in cars is also the difference in, in most of the cases anyway, in, uh, in the type of customer, right? So the guys who like trucks um, are generally not going to be buying a whole lot of imports, right? The guys who like uh, fast cars are generally not going to be buying domestic, you know, unless it's, it's, it's one or two here and there. But, you know, the point I'm trying to make is that there is generally speaking uh, a, a, a type of customer who goes and buys a particular car. Needless to say, this is uh, these are the two two toughest uh, um, import brands that these guys have. So I go and I join um, this group, and funny story, I get there, and they say, "Listen, uh, we know you don't know our system, so we want you to come in on a Saturday. Saturday is our busiest day. You will get to experience how busy our store is, and not only that, but." Uh, it's, I guess, the best crash course you can have in learning our systems and knowing how our software works and all that good stuff. So you're going to sit in with one of the guys and take in as much as you can and learn as much as you can so that come next week, you're good to go on your own. So I do exactly that. I go in and, uh, you know, after their meetings, we, you know, we get called in and okay, oh, you're going to sit with so-and-so. So what I didn't know is... The so-and-so that I was supposed to sit with and learn the computers and learn the software is a guy that I was replacing. I didn't know that at the time at all. But somebody caught wind of my being there and who obviously knew the whole picture and told this guy and say, hey, listen, <laughs> 
the guy that you're going to be sitting with today and teaching the computers, he's here to replace you. So this guy did the natural thing. I mean, I don't blame the guys. He heard about this. He says, nah, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. He took his box and put his stuff in and said, I'm out. So here, here we are uh, on a Saturday, their busiest day, and they're stuck with two managers instead of three. Uh, they need a lead guy who is me, who are, that's what the position they'd hired me for, and two others. So they needed a total of three functioning offices, fully functioning offices for them to be able to service the customers that they have uh, uh, on, on their busiest day, which is a Saturday. So they're caught in a pickle here. I mean, it's crazy, right? Uh, because I cannot do anything. I mean, I don't know their system, but there's no, there's nothing else to do. You know, it's not like you can call and say, send me a temp right away and uh, temp will be there in five minutes. It's not going to happen. So what do they do? I mean, they sit with one of the guys, does a crash course of the system with me. And I find myself back in the world of flashcards and notes. So I'm taking as many notes as possible, a little flashcard, little sticky notes, this and that. You know, to find this, you go to this screen. To find this, you go to this screen. To rate this, you go to this screen. I got all those notes. And uh, and here we are. Shove you in an office and let's go. So that was quite interesting because that day turned out to be one of their busiest days, busiest Saturdays in like six months or something. So we did a tremendous amount of business and I did it all with these flashcards and uh and 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 i look back on that and 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 feel sorry for the some of these poor people because i i mean i was honest i told them i said listen i'm new to the system so i'm going to be looking at my notes and i might even call somebody in to help me out because the truth of the matter is that i don't know the system anyway fast forward we get through the day things things are going pretty good and uh the the store is uh is is doing well you know we're doing relatively well um, the guy that I had replaced had actually been a replacement for a guy that they had promoted to a previous, I mean, to a, to another job. So something happened over where this guy had been promoted. So they wanted to bring him back. They were not going to get rid of the guy completely. They liked the guy. He says, now nah, we're just going to bring him back. Instead of the higher position that we're giving him, we're going to bring him back. And he's going to be the lead finance guy for the store like he was before. Okay. So, hey, Regis, we need you to go to the store right here next door. It's an import store as well. And we actually need you there more than, you know, than here because we're just going to bring so-and-so back. And I said, okay, no problem. Um, the store that I moved to actually was a more difficult store in terms of, uh, in terms of the clientele. They're just very good negotiators is the bottom line. And, and, you know, it's very hard to make money from these people. But... I get there and that's the general consensus. Hey man, you know, you know, if you get this amount of money, you know, per, per, uh, per transaction, you're doing really well. I'm like, that's, that's not, that's not the standard. That's not going to pay the bills. That's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, this, this is a different kind of customer. I said, nah, no, no, no. At the end of the day, you're providing a service. And if it's a good service, you should get paid for it. That was my thinking, and that was my attitude. And I said, if you guys want to continue doing that, that's fine. I'm going to do what I do. And and what I do is provide somebody a service. So this takes, takes, takes me back or took me back to something that I've always preached 
and I continue to preach to this day. And I say, if you do not take the time to know your customer, you've got no right and you don't deserve to make any money from that customer. You don't deserve to keep that person as a customer because you don't know who that person is. So why should they give you their money? And in turn, that was my attitude towards all those people that were telling me, oh, this customers, you cannot make money from them. If you make X amount of money, you're doing really, really well. And I said, no, I mean, the expectation is this much, right? The expectation for me, for me to make a check is this much. So I'm going to be striving for that. And I'm going to do that by providing a service. Here's the thing. You have to be providing a service. You've got to be fulfilling a need. And I think I might have touched on this before. If you're not fulfilling a need, why should I pay you as a customer? Why should a customer dip into their pocket and give you all this money if you're not fulfilling a need? Now, I always give you know uh, an example uh, of a shoe when I when I when I talk to people. I say, okay, let's just say I've got a five thousand dollar shoe that has been worn once. And I'm going to sell it to you, but you cannot resell it, right? It's for you. And this $5,000 shoe, I'm going to tell you, right, I've only worn it once. There's no scuff. There's no bruising. Nothing is in impeccable condition. Here it is. Look at it, right? I'm going to sell it to you for $3,000. It's a $5,000 shoe or $4,000, right? So I'm giving you a $1,000 discount. Would you buy it? And most of my audience says, yeah, I'll buy it. And I say, you know what? Try and sell the same shoe to me. And I turn around and I say, no, I'm not interested. And they stand there not understanding. They say, okay, well, will you buy it for $3,500? And I said, no, I won't. How about 3000 No, I won't. How about 2000 No, I won't. They go all the way down because... I've asked them to try and sell me this shoe. They go all the way down to 500 bucks for the shoe. And I still won't buy the shoe. I still won't buy the shoe. This is a $5,000 shoe. I'm not going to pay $500 for the shoe. I'm not going to pay $250 for the shoe. And then at the end of it all, I ask them, why have I not bought the shoe? Nobody knows. And I'll tell you why I'm not buying the shoe. I don't wear size 5. I don't wear size 5. So why would I buy the shoe if I don't wear size 5? What you should have done if you're trying to sell me the shoe is to find out what size shoe I wear, to find out what color shoes I prefer, to find out what style shoes I prefer. Do I prefer laces on them? Do I prefer slip-ons? Do I prefer perforated leather? Do I prefer leather? Do I prefer plastic? What is it that I want what is it that I'm expecting from the shoe? Then, and only then, can you say, okay, great. I've got this wonderful shoe. It's from such and such a place. It was made under such and such a conditions, right? It is this, it is that. And tell me all the good things about the shoe that are in line with what I said I liked in a shoe. If I said I like perforated leather, and then... You know, it's, it's, it's 
got the best perforation. It lets in air. You're feeling cool all the time, whatever the case might be. If I said I like lace-ups, you're explaining the intricacy of, 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 of the lace-up shoe and the sophistication of it all. It's about me. It's about me, the customer, not the shoe. It's about how it's going to complement my life. The fact that it's got a leather sole might be nice for some people, but if I'm saying I want a rubber sole and your shoe is a leather sole, I'm not going to buy the shoe. But if you're a shoe salesperson and you had asked me all those questions, what kind of sole do you like? What kind of leather do you like? Do you like light colors or dark colors? Do you, do you like a fine polish, you know, a glassy look? What do you like about your shoe? You'd have found all this out. And all you have to do now is just get in your tool bag and find me the right shoe and say, here you go, Regis, there is a shoe that is going to complement everything that you like to wear. I'm sure you can visualize and see yourself wearing this shoe with your finest suit, wearing this dark colored shoe with, with your nice pair of jeans or whatever it is that you wear your shoes with, right? So again, the important thing is that I've sat down and I've had a conversation with the customer. I deserve to make some money. Now I'm no longer in a position where I'm begging for the business. Please buy my shoe. It's only $250. I bought it for $5,000. I'm not begging. I don't have to beg. I don't have to give you that much of a discount. I don't have to give the shoe away. At the table of negotiation, I am not at your mercy. I am not the weakest party at the negotiating table. Why? Because I'm fulfilling a need. A need that you yourself have acknowledged that there's a need. Now, I know I'm talking about sales here, folks, but this is about everything. This is not just about sales. This is about life. Life is a sales game, too, if you think about it. Your partner, have you asked your partner what it is that they're expecting from a relationship? What it is that they like? How they like it? When they like it? Let me give you an example. If, if your partner wants a big kiss and a hug every time they walk in coming from work and they've expressed that and they've expressed how much they value that, they enjoy that, how much they look forward to that, how much it makes their day, the rest of their day uh, 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 end off, you know, the, the, the level of peace and happiness, that joy that it gives them. They've told you that because you asked the question. Now, if you decide not to give them that big hug and a kiss, that's a choice. You are making a choice not to do it. Or you make a choice to do it. So that's the beauty of it, isn't it? So it, 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 it encompasses everything. It encompasses a whole lot of things. And if we could make that a, a, a policy that when you get into a relationship, you ask each other those questions you find out what is important you find out what is needed you find out when it's needed there are less guessing games because you're just going to provide what is needed and when you don't you are you you need to understand you are choosing not to you are choosing not to provide that so in asking a question these questions that we're talking about where you're trying to discover a need now, keep in mind, there's some things that we just want, right? 
But there's some things that we need. And as mundane as it might be to you, it is not to me. If this big hug and a kiss is, is something that I'm saying I need in, in my relationship, just because you don't see the value or you don't see it as monumental as I see it, does not diminish what it means to me. So what are you losing from giving me what I'm saying I need? You're losing nothing. In fact, you are gaining. If it was a sales transaction, you're gaining because now I'm giving you the check because you have given me what I wanted. If it's a relationship, you're gaining because now I'm going to give you the smile and attention and all the other things that you yourself need because I've gotten what I need. You know, there's a saying that says, God gave men two ears and one mouth. It is only a fool that upsets that balance. Are you listening? Are you really listening? Because what that saying means is that you need to listen twice as much as you talk. So if you are doing that, if you are listening twice as much as you talk, you should have a whole page and a half, two, three pages full of notes that you've gotten from your conversation with your partner or with your prospect or with your customer, right? They like dark colors. They like light colors. The last time they had a car, they really didn't like the leather in it because it was too hot. So they would much prefer cloth this time. But you know what? They also liked a sunroof. For those days that are not too hot, they can, you know, all these things are things that you can only find out by asking questions. I've seen salespeople lose a deal because a car had a sunroof and this person doesn't care for a sunroof. But they never asked the question. They just assumed, oh, sunroofs are, are cool. Everybody likes a sunroof. Well, no. <laughs> you like a sunroof. Who asked you about your feelings? Who asked you about what you like? You're not buying it. Ask the customer what they like. And they will tell you. Leather soles are great for some people. Some people have got food problems that they cannot wear leather soles. And here you are trying to sell me a leather sole because you think it's this great buy. You know, it's a $5,000 shoe. I'm selling it for you for $2,000. You're getting so much value out of it. I'm not getting anything out of it because I don't like leather sole shoes. Understanding your situation is important. When you are trying to serve, you need to find out what the person you are serving needs and ask them questions, right? We've all been to restaurants and the good restaurants are going to ask you, do you have any food allergies before I give you my recommendations? What do you like? This might be a steakhouse, but tell me what you like. Okay, I like my, my steak with the coffee rub. I like this. I like that. I don't like this. Oh, I've got a, yeah. What kind of nuts? Are you allergic to all nuts? Yes, I am. Okay, so I'm not going to suggest anything with nuts. So he writes that down. So whether you're suggesting the, the, the entree, you're suggesting a dessert, whatever, he's going to be cognizant of the fact that you said you had a, a nut allergy. But you don't ask. You just assume. Hey, the tomahawk is half off today. <laughs> I don't even like a, a ribeye. So what does it matter that the tomahawk is half off? I like a filet. Here you are wasting your time going on and on about the tomahawk. You're almost forcing it down my throat. By the time you're done talking about tomahawk, I want to leave. How about you ask me a question and then fulfill the need that I've given you? Fill in the gaps. I've shown you where I need help. I've shown you where I need this or that. Your job is just to find the right plug to plug the hole that I've shown you 
through our conversation. But you're not listening, are you? You're busy trying to sell me what you already have. You think if I walk in the door, you give me a smile, that's going to make my day. But I'd much prefer a hug. But had you asked, you'd have known that. Had you known that, you'd have given me a hug. I'd have been happy. I'd have made sure that you are happy. Because you're giving me what I need to be happy. So, need I say it again? You need to listen to understand and not to respond. It is critical, absolutely critical for your success.